it seems like time is on his side, carrying his rifle and saying the only way that he's ever going to leave the presidency is to be killed. Yes, well, that's not a um, well, position of someone who is ready for dialogue. That's, uh, that's pretty true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Backstory. I'm Dana Lewis. Freedom and democracy are fought for in Belarus. Alexander Lukashenko, who has been in power since 1994, refuses to leave. The last elections were by any measure fake and fraudulent. Lukashenko is a thug who turned his security forces on his own people, jailing thousands and torturing many. If you're watching, it's a dramatic seesaw battle between a dictator and tens of thousands of people who take to the streets weekly demanding he step down. Who will win? Will Russia intervene to protect their pawn? Fearful the same could happen to Putin, who also runs sham elections and referendums. Or will the people of Belarus triumph? In this edition of Backstory, just one interview with a courageous journalist who, while Lukashenko has tried to arrest reporters and shut down the internet and communications, she managed to get the word out and risks her own personal safety to keep telling us what's happening. All right, Hannah Lubakova is a freelance journalist, normally in Belarus, but for now she's not saying where her location is. Hannah, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Still free. Um, so, thank you for for asking. I mean, I have to say I've been following you on Twitter since this started a few weeks ago. Um, it is very dangerous for journalists. Will you tell us what it's like for people trying to get word out, trying to cover the news there, and and what is happening to journalists? A lot of them have been arrested. Yes, indeed, that's true. Um, well, the attack on, on, on press freedom happens on different levels. Firstly, it's kind of dangerous to, to be, to report from the street. Firstly, because journalists are being targeted by security forces, um, literally, even though they have um, like vests and signs on, on themselves. There was a moment, uh, especially um, during the first week after the protest, uh, after the kind of the protest started, uh, when we were staying as a group of journalists and we were targeted with rubber bullets and tear gas. So despite having all these marks on ourselves, um, and obviously, it's just dangerous to, to. It was dangerous, at least, to drive. And uh, you know, there were stun grenades um, exploded near uh, near the car. So, um, so it was physically dangerous. Also, well, journalists are uh, being detained regularly. Regularly, um, a few days ago, fifty journalists were detained for just reporting on the street, and they were clearly doing their job. Despite that, they were taken to uh, to a police station. Some of them were held for, uh, for, for the whole night. Some of them were released quite soon. Um, and after that, there was this situation when uh, basically 17 journalists who work for foreign media outlets, such as the BBC, Radio Free Europe, um, AFP, AP, uh, were revo revoked their press accreditation. So some of them who were not Belarusians, uh, there were Russians, they had to flee the country, they had to, kind of, they were forced to, to leave the country. 
Um, and um, yeah, so kind of these attacks are happening on different levels. Well, local journalists are being detained. Um, many of them are, 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 are fined. And it's uh, like this situation um, is not um, unique. It's been happening for years. It's been always like that. Now it's just kind of um, the level of it is, is much worse. Tell me what's going on. I mean, there were some amazing Im- images this weekend out of out of Minsk, and it seems that Lukashenko is in a standoff with people. He's not willing to step down. He's not willing to go. At the same time, people are keeping up this momentum. I mean, they're demanding that he leave. Yes, people have many reasons to protest. Um, obviously, now it's police brutality. It's it's this injustice they feel. They demand um, um, free and fair election. They demand uh, those responsible for brutality for people being injured for people people being detained they demand justice they demand this um atrocities being investigated at the same time the authorities are uh, totally ignoring these demands uh, alexander lukashenko is not ready for for dialogue even though there is a special body institution created to offer negotiations to offer dialogue it's called the coordinating council it includes well, he arrested staff. a lot of those people um, yes, some people are arrested. Some key members of, of the Coordinating Council uh, have been arrested, such as Volha Kavalkova, uh, who is a trustee of Svetlana Tikhanovska, a presidential candidate, and also uh, this, this kind of very famous representative of, of the workers in Belarus, Sergei Delievsky. So, so these two people have been arrested. And that's what the authorities are doing. So firstly, they are ignoring the demands of, of the people. They're ignoring the position um, of kind of this institution, this coordinating council demands, but they also trying to decapitate this movement. Uh, they are currently arresting um, leaders, potential leaders of the protest, kind of most active participants. Um, that's one thing. Another thing, so they are arresting also leaders of the coordinating council and also leaders of the striking committees across the country. Those so it committees- seems like it seems like time is on his side. He is going to chip chip away at press. He is going to chip away at his political opposition. He's going to try to tire people out. And he is just going to stay in there, um, you know, with his photographs of him carrying his rifle and saying the only way that he's ever going to leave the presidency is to be killed. Yes, well, that's not a um, well position of someone who is ready for dialogue. That's that's pretty true. Um, time, you know what? It may work. Um, um, like it may help him, but it doesn't have to. People have many reasons to protest, right? And some of these reasons will not disappear. Um, we are talking about the injustice now. We're talking about police brutality. Uh, we're talking about the lack of free and fair election. But at the same time, well, the economic reasons will not disappear. It will be even worse. The economic crisis is coming. It was predicted um, already because of the pandemic and because of this kind of weakening economy in general, stagnating economy that that um, kind of uh, the situation that exists in Belarus, but also because, well, um, the lack of stability brought so many um, kind of reasons for for this uh, crisis to, to kind of increase, right? The the rubble has fallen already, and there is a financial crisis. People cannot buy um, foreign currency. 
Um, so it's been, it will be worsening, and which means that there will be more reasons for people to come up to the streets in the future, even though now they might be tired or they will, be, they will get tired. However, at the same time, well, we don't really see um, signs that people are tired. Today, there, is, uh, there, there, ha there, ha there has been an immense demonstration, an immense rally again. Despite uh, 140 people were, were arrested today, people still came out to the streets in thousands. There were more than 150,000 um, people who, who at least who came out to the streets. What do you think Lukashenko will do? I mean, a lot of people think, some of his political opposition dating back years from now, think that he's not mentally stable. Uh, that he will get more desperate and more dangerous. I think there there are signs that he is ready. Well, he will definitely stick to um, to his position to power as much as he could. Um, we've already seen some of the most acute police violence that that never happened before, at least to this extent. Um, it obviously provoked a lot of anger, but a lot of fear as well. Um, people were not ready. Well, these are peaceful protesters, and it was completely unjustified. That this is just, uh, this was too extensive. Like this was not. Um, there were no reasons. Well, there are never reasons for this. But like, well, people are people are peaceful. So um, now he's saying about Putin and his police that that can come and suppress the protesters. I think, well, he might be ready to introduce, to, to, to do as much as he can, to, to introduce like as many ways, as many ideas how to suppress the protest and how to stay in power. Um, I think now he's definitely desperate. He has seen that he lost support, popular support of, well, let's say the majority of people. That's how at least people feel. They feel that they are the majority now. And, uh, well, what he's relying on is, is uh, security forces. How do, you, how do people view President Putin and Russia and the pledge to support Lukashenko? If anything, I think that people who were um, not naive, but who had some uh, impressions that Putin might be, I don't know, a good leader or Russia is a good neighbor, I think they lost this, uh, th this kind of impression already because since Putin um, accepted the, uh, he said that the result of the election was 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 fine, was was free and fair. I think it it, it kind of uh, made made a lot of people here in Belarus angry, um, and um, they definitely. Well, Belarusians want to be independent, right? Uh, and they they want to preserve good connections with Russia and the West but with Russia as well, but they don't want to be part of Russia. There were numerous sociological um, polls uh, research that actually uh, said about that. So um, at the same time now, since, well, Putin promised to send uh, police um, and law enforcement to Belarus, I think, uh, well, many people kind of got disappointed. Those, I mean, who, who were... Um, who had some uh, kind of good impressions about Russia or Putin. And, uh, well, I kind of keep hearing this, that the people who, who were supportive of, Put of Putin, he said that, uh, they, they, they said that. Why do you think the security forces are sticking with President, ex-President Lukashenko? Because really he didn't win the election properly. So a lot of the European Union doesn't recognize him as a democratically elected president. But, I mean, he is still in office. 
Um, why do you think his security forces are supporting him? And where will the crack come? I mean, when will they leave him? It's a very good question when they might leave him. Um, let's wait until this economic crisis, until, this, until we see and understand the scale of it, of what is coming. Um, I think, well, perhaps not security forces, but definitely parts of the elite, of the nomenclatura, might actually give another thought about Lukashenko and about the support that they give him uh, once this economic crisis uh, comes. As to security forces, well, um, they don't really have any alternative. Um, they are so much into this now. There were crimes, and Lukashenko kind of promised to, or at least he showed that he's not, uh, he will support them. Like he, he uh, 300 uh, members of security forces were awarded after, after these protests um, and after this police brutality. So kind of Lukashenko keeps showing that he is on their side as long as they are on his side. And since there were crimes well, he, already... He needs them. That's the last line of defense for him. Absolutely. And also, well, let's remember that Lukashenko has built this system for for the past 26 years. And already, you know, these people uh, kind of have seen so much propaganda. They are really kind of brainwashed, a lot of them. Um, so so it's, it's a well-functioning system in this uh, regard. And, um, well, there are, they also have a lot of privileges. They have, you know, apartments and so on. So there are kind of many incentives for them to stay with Lukashenko at the moment. My last question is about you, because I'm worried about you and all the journalists that are covering this. But um, you, you have a profile on social media um, and you have been relentless in, in, in covering this and getting the word out. How are you looking after yourself? Are you worried? Um. Yes, uh, I am definitely worried. Uh, firstly, um, as I mentioned, well, it's just dangerous to work on the street, to report from, report from the street. Um, well, there were situations when I couldn't um, sleep at home or use my phone or um, I had to, I don't know, keep a low profile or different, absolutely different things. Well, I obviously, um, I I'm taking care about my physical security, but also kind of um, this digital security, of course, and all that. So, well, um, well, many things, you know, we all have to take care about uh, as, you know, journalists who work, who write about Belarus at the moment. Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you. That's this edition of Backstory. We have two other podcasts you're invited to listen to on Belarus and the struggle for freedom. We have just posted another podcast on racial tensions in America and proposals to change laws which police use as shields from civil prosecutions. Please subscribe and share Backstory. We really appreciate your loyalty. I'm Dana Lewis, and I'll talk to you again soon.